Well, here we are, the end of July. This is the last Sunday of July 2020. Um, really trying to figure out all this stuff is kind of confusing sometimes, isn't it? Uh, it's been a long time for some of you who have been in the church building here. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm missing you and I want you to know that we love you and continue to reach out. And if you have some requests or anything like that, please let us know. And just keep praying. That's all we can do is, uh, you know, Max Locato said a long time ago, he said, uh, you know, when things are rough, anchor deep. And so I just want to tell you today, just anchor deep in the Lord. And, and again, I just believing in, in having all the confidence in God that he's going to see us through this. And uh, he's going to see you through it as well. But if you, you get lonely at, at the house, give me a call sometime. I'll be here at the church or call the office, talk to Stephanie or, or Janice or Nate and let us know. If you got some requests, we'll be glad to take care of that for you as well. But once again, know that we love you and you know the routine. We've been doing this long enough. It's kind of like a routine that we go through. And so I'll make a little announcement here. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to do communion together and then we're going to have some song. And then we'll go do another message for you and hope to encourage you today. Because that's what I'm going to talk about. Encouraging one another. And you're encouraging me right now just tuning in. So I'll be back in a minute. Until then, take care and God bless.
Okay, I have a question for you. How much do you love God? You might think, well, that's a silly question. How much do you love God? Has anybody asked you that lately? Has anybody ever asked you that in your entire life? How much do you love God? Well, I love God this much, or I love Him this much. So how do we express love? How do you tell people you love them besides just saying, I love you? We do that differently, don't we? We express that, or people know how much we love them by how much we talk about them. Or perhaps someone reaches in their pocket and says, Oh, let me show you a picture of my grandson. And you know, hey, they love him. Man, he really loves his wife. He did that real special, bought her a new Cadillac or whatever the case. He really loves his wife or she really loves her children or whatever the case is. But we express that kind of love. You know, the great thing about coming together around the table of the Lord, the Lord's Supper time, is that we get to kind of tell God that we, we, we love Him. It's kind of our way of sending a text to Him and simply saying, God, we love you. We love you this much. And we really do, don't we? I know you do. Listen how much God loves you. You know the scripture, John three 16. I'm going to use it in my message today in a few moments, but... For God so loved the world, God so loved you, that he gave his one and only son. But then Paul backs all that up. And I want to read for us today as we get ready to take the bread and the wine together. I want to read from Romans chapter 8. And it says this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... Neither height nor depth nor any of those powers and nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing separates us from God. It's love for you. And our way of expressing our love to him is we come together and we take this bread and we say, God, we remember what you did for us. But actually, God, we're telling you right back today that we love you, Lord. We love you for what you did for us. So as we take this bread today, let's have a prayer. Father, we know how much you loved us and how much you love us still. You gave your son so that we might have a life. But Father, we want to just tell you right now, we haven't forgot what you've done for us. And we want to let you know how much we love you. We love you this much and even more. Help us to love you more today than we did yesterday and not near as much as we will tomorrow, Father. But we thank you for this bread. We thank you for this and what it, what it means to us that you would send your love so that we could be redeemed by that love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray for the wine. Father, without the shedding of the blood, we know that we would still be in our sins. But because of that, we have the forgiveness of sin. Your love for us kept your son on the cross. Oh, how much you love us. Thank you, Father. And Jesus, thank you for doing that for us. For allowing us to be loved back to God through your giving of your life on the cross. 
We haven't forgot about that. And we want to just tell you we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. And don't forget, I love you as well. Talk to you again in just a few moments. Bye-bye. encourage you today. Encourage one another is the theme for the day, if you will. I want to start off by saying this, however. If there ever was a time in our history that we needed to encourage 
encouragement and encouraging one another, I believe it is now. Our world is in a mess. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, or white. Our world is in a mess. It doesn't matter if it's a D or an R that you say is right or wrong. Our world is in a mess. But as a Christian, as a child of God, you need to know that Satan is trying his best to divide us. That's right. Satan is trying his best to divide Christian people, not the world. The world's already divided. Just watch something on the news. Everybody's divided. But Satan's after you and me to divide us. And this is one of the important reasons for us to encourage one another, to come together, to call, to text, to connect with each other because of the fact of what the world is doing today. So I want to call, talk to you today about just encouraging you. I read a funny story, and I like these little funny stories. As a young couple, they were very much in love. They were going to get married, of course, and they decided to do that. And Sue was the wife's name, and she was very nervous, and she was a little shy, and she didn't really like being in front of people, and she was worried as brides might be. And so the, the pastor chose a verse that he felt that might be really, really good for her to calm her down, and they would read that at the service at the wedding that day. That was a great idea. The verse in which he picked was a beautiful verse. It's from 1 John, now mind you, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 18. It simply says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now that's a perfect verse for her to calm her down a little bit. But rather unwisely, the pastor asked the best man to actually read that in front of the whole audience at the church. Now, mind you, this best man, he was not a much of a churchgoer, and he didn't realize the difference between John and 1 John, or there, there was even two Johns, if you will. <laughs> so he gets up there, and he makes his little statement to the audience as he begins to read, and he simply said, the pastor wants me to read this, especially for Sue today. And he reads not from... Uh, 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 he reads from John chapter 4 verse number 18 which simply reads like this you have five husbands and the one that you are now with is not your husband <laughs> I just love that encouragement encouragement we all need it we all desire it we all get something from it, or at least I know I do. The five-year-olds encouraged to stay within the uh, color, within between the lines. Um, maybe the three-year-old does that. I don't know. The five-year-old or the, the the young child is encouraged to tie their shoes. The teenager is encouraged in a lot of ways, maybe to keep keep the room clean, or or perhaps not to drop out of algebra and hang in there. The college student needs encouragement to not give up on their dreams and work a little bit harder. The young married couple needs encouragement after they find out the honeymoon is over. The mother and the father need encouragement to encourage each other to encourage the children correctly. And teachers that give their best to their students, they encourage them as they go along. 
The retired worker needs encouragement to find another hobby so they won't grow stale in life, if you will. The widow or the widower needs encouragement to maybe um, just press on to the goal, if you will. From the janitor to the CEO, we all need encouragement. And I'm sure you do as well. And I've come today just to kind of reach through this video, if you will, and, and try my best to encourage you. Someone once said, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. But encourage me and I'll never forget you. Once again, I believe there's ever a time that we need encouragement. It is now. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24 and 25, there's a passage there that's really powerful for us. It simply says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Uh, how can we encourage you in your love for each other? And how can we encourage each other in doing good things for the Lord and His kingdom? It goes on to say in verse number 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You see, when he says out of the habit of doing something there, it's habits that form, we form, we are formed ourselves, we form ourselves around habits that we find ourselves doing. We get in the habit of what we do at work. We get in the habit of what we do in our recreation time. We get in a habit of, of whatever it is, but we also get in a habit of doing this church thing, even listening online, or giving, or coming together. Now, I know this verse has been used throughout the years by ministers to beat people up to try to get them to come back to church on a Sunday night. And it's never meant for that. It's meant to encourage. And all the more as you see the day approaching, now, again, some would say, well, that's, that's the Sunday. That's the Sunday. You've got to be here on Sunday. The day approaching is Christ coming back. And we don't know when he's coming back. He may come before you get this message. But in this process, he's talking about that every day we need to encourage each other all the more. I need encouragement from you, and, and I hope... You are needing it from me, and I hope that I can supply some of that to you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I sat in my office this week. I, 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 this past week, Donna and I, or Donna was in Kentucky, and she flew back to St. Louis. Oh, oh, heck of a story there. And so I drove up on Sunday after church and, and to pick her up, and, and I got a phone call from one of my families that I used to be the minister down in Wichita Falls when I was a youth minister there one of my teenagers that was there then he had passed away the heart attack and and they asked if I would come back and certainly and so we drove down pretty quickly to get back to be with the family and and go through all of that you know I was setting my office trying to work out a message so that I might say something to the family and and I thought to myself how much I appreciate you. What you mean to me. The blessings that you have been for me and my family. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you. I, I am blessed to be your minister. 
And I don't take that lightly. I want you to know that. Philippians chapter 1, the scripture says, or Paul said, I thank my God every time I remember you. And every time I remember you, even though I haven't seen you in three or four months, when I look at your face, you need to know that I, I thank God for you. I look through the directory. I look through this, our program that we have here on, on our, our phones. And everybody, you can get that. It's called Simple Church. And I can look you up and I, I look at your faces and the pictures that you gave us to put there. And, and I pray for you. And I sit in these pews and I pray for you. Because when you come back, you're going to probably sit in the same area pretty close to where you've always sat. And I know exactly where that, oh yeah, that person's there. Like right now, there's nobody in this room except for me and a camera. And I'm looking around at faces. They're empty pews, but they're faces in here. I see exactly who sits on this side, who sits up front, who sits in the back, and who hides from me. And I see you as well. I can't tell you how much you encourage me. Encourage me. Now, I don't know how long God will bless me with this, this position here. It's been 27 years, and some people think that's too long. But nonetheless, I would just simply say, I don't know how long it will be. But I'll tell you when I'm old and gray or old and bald, whichever comes first. Nah, probably the, the well, whatever. But you get the picture. And I, maybe I'm sitting in a rocking chair in old St. Louis and you know, maybe enjoying those grandkids and their kids someday and, and all of that. I'm going to be looking at my beautiful bride, Donna, and I'm going to be saying, man, I appreciate those people at Western Hills. They were so, so good to me. And I want you to know that today. Now, we all remember those little words. We need encouragement, but we remember those little words, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, there's a French word for that, and it's called baloney. They do hurt. They hurt and they hurt deeply. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 18 backs that up. It says, careless words stab like a sword. And you've been stabbed in your life by someone or a group of people or an individual that hurts you deeply just by the words that they said. Something at work, something at school, something at home. Perhaps that goes on way too much. You need to correct that, my friend. This is careless words stabbed like a sword, but wise words bring healing. Wise words bring healing. One of the things at the funeral that I did for this family, we talked about the healing process and how that works. And one of the ladies that was happened to be there, she came up to me afterwards and said, uh, she said, I think that the healing can begin now. We've closed things, but I think the healing can come now. And I thank you for it. We have a choice in life. You and I, both of us, all of us, we all can have a choice. We can heal or we can wound people. I don't know about you, but I like the healing part a lot more, much, much better than I do the hurting part. Proverbs 18.21 says it like this. The tongue has the power of life and death. And it does. And you know it as well. People can say things to you and these small children can be, you can tell them something and it, it, it discourages them in such a way. And I know that firsthand. 
All the way through grade school, man, hey, that kid ain't going to amount to much. He's a little slow. He, he's not going to, you know, he's not only short, but he's just not all there. We're not really sure. And I will tell you, those things hurt to the bone. And I carried those scars for a long time. And I remember the working of the Holy Spirit in my life and telling me that I was worth something and that that, that was a lie. That God loves me. And man, the Holy Spirit just encouraged me and lifted me up. And I am so thankful for the Word of God. The tongue has the power of life and death. And I am thankful that I grabbed on to the life that God offers in my life. Dr. George Sweetney said it this way. He said, the tongue can be beautiful, a beautiful angel or a hideous demon. Honey or vinegar. It can be pure or vile. The tongue can uh, caress or it can cut. The tongue can rouse men to act as well as it can subdue their emotions. And it can. Calvin Coolidge said this, I have never been hurt by anything I didn't say. Proverbs chapter 12 verse number 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And that's what I want to do for you today. You know, this anxiety of all this stuff that's going on. These four months that we haven't been together. That's a long time. I'm missing you. I hope you're missing me a little bit. <laughs> but anxiety, what does it do? It weighs down the heart. You feel as though, man, I just, what's going on here? But I want to tell you what the Word says. But a kind word cheers us up. It cheers us up. Just a kind word. So I want to take the coffee mug or the, the soda pop. That's what we called them back when I was a kid. A soda pop. And just clink them together with you this morning. And just simply say, I want to cheer you up. I want to be like the Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day. I come to bump you up. But that's what I want to be. I want to be able to express that joy to you as well. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 23, the word says, Everyone enjoys giving good advice. I'm not really sure about that, but that's what it says. And how wonderful it is to be able to say the right thing at the right time. Now that is good. To be able to say the right thing at the right time, because I've been known to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. How about you? But to be able to say the right thing at the right time is important. Psalms 119, 105, my friend, it tells us the truth. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And it is God's word. God's word is the right time for just the right occasion. It always is, always has been. I love that part about God. His word is always right and it's always the right time. Encouraging words at just the right time can change a person's destiny. Did you know that? I've told you many of my stories of how people stepped in my life and just changed me just completely uh, over the years of how I can look back and just see, yep, that one, yep, that one. Oh, I was, yep, that one. Just changes a person. Let me tell you this little story. Just a story. A young boy, he was born out of wedlock. His mother did not know the father's name, and so he, she couldn't tell her son the, his father's name. I always wanted to know, but his mom says, I, I, I would tell you, son, but I just don't know. And so all through grade school and things, he said, people in the town, they would always ask when they saw me out, who's your daddy? And it was, though, that they didn't, weren't really asking me about 
who my daddy was, it was that they wanted a rumor to start. They could say, yeah, that was this, or yeah, it was that. You know how rumors can get. And he said, it always made me depressed. It always discouraged me. Because of all the events and things would go on at school, and people had daddies, and who's your daddy? I don't know. But he said that changed when I was 12 years old. He said, my grandmother took me to church one Sunday. And they were having, they had a visiting preacher that Sunday. And of course after church, you know, people gather around the preacher and they want to thank him or say something or give him some chicken dinner or something. And they're all, he's out there welcoming all the people and they're all thanking him. And he looks at this little boy, this young man, and he looks at him and he says, he looks at him and says, who's your daddy, son? Son, who's your daddy? Well, with that, all the people that heard that, they just gathered in. They thought for sure he's going to tell the preacher. But the preacher was smart enough and wise enough and in his spirit checked to be able to know what was going on. And he said, oh, just a minute. He said, I know who you are. Just a minute. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He said, you got that familiar look. Yeah. And he leaned in, he said, and he said, oh, you... You are a child of God. Wow. And he said with that, he patted him on the head and he said, Now, son, you've got great, you've got a great inheritance. Go out and claim it. And so that's what he did. He said that changed his whole outlook in life. He said, I probably would have never amounted to anything if it wouldn't have been for that very one moment. You can read all of the stories that he would tell. He would love to tell this story. And it was none other than a guy by the name of Ben Hooper. To you and me, nothing. But to him it meant something. Ben Hooper, a two-time elected governor of the great state of Tennessee. Yeah. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? And he said from that day forward, he would always say, always say, I'm a child of God. That was a word of encouragement. Someone in your life today, I guarantee you, someone in your life today needs encouragement. It might be just you right now and you're just leaning in and you're just you're trying to hold back and you're you're thinking I just wish somebody could encourage me today. I want to be that person that reaches out and say we love you. I love you. I want to encourage you. Don't you give up. You keep doing. You keep going. You keep moving. But how often we don't get that encouragement that we need. How often do you reflect on those that have encouraged you in the past over the years with their words and with action? So let's do a little test this morning as we kind of move through this. A couple more minutes. The philosophy of Charles Schultz, yes, the creator of the Peanuts, Peanuts cartoon comic strip. He said, take this little test. I don't know if he's the one who created it or not, but nonetheless, it comes, this comes from him. It says, name, listen to this, take the test. Name the five wealthiest people in the world. Can you do that? Name the last five Heisman Trophy winners. How you doing? Name the last five winners of the Miss America pageant. 
Name 10 people who have won the Nobel Peace Prize. Name the last half dozen Academy Award winners. And name the last decade's worth of the World Series winners. How'd you do? I think I got one. I mean, one person in all of that. But he goes on to say, this is my point. He says, this is my point. None of us, none of us remember the headlines of yesterday. These are no second-rate achievers, are they? They are the best of the best in their fields. But the applause dies. Awards tarnish. Achievements are forgotten. Accolades and certificates are buried with their owners, and they are. And you know that, don't you? So what I thought it would do is just kind of maybe twist that a little bit and do another little test, and I think you'll do a whole lot better, or at least I hope you do. So here goes. Name a teacher who taught you the most in school. Just like that, Mr. Morris comes to mind. Name two friends who have helped you through a difficult time. Just like that, isn't it? Name three people who have taught you something in your life that you will never ever forget. Just a split second, you can name them, can't you? Name a person that taught you about God. Just like that. And you're thankful for each one of those and you will not forget them because that's how special they are to you. Their headlines will not go away tomorrow because they're impressed upon you. So here's the last question for you, my friend. Name the person. Name the person who saved you from your sins and calls you his child. Now that's encouraging, isn't it? And for that, we are forever grateful. And we will not forget. Who's your daddy? I'm a child of God. It's who I am. Words cannot express the appreciation that we have for what God has done for us. And when we come together and we assemble together and we commune together, we pray together and we sing together, we encourage one another just as the Scripture encourages us to do. But thank you. I want to say once again, Western Hills, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. Not only to me, but to those who are to come in the future. And don't you ever think that a little encouragement doesn't matter because a little encouragement goes a long way. Because in the future there will be someone else standing here. In the future there will be other people that are sitting in the pews. And the words that we say and the encouragement that we give today sets the stage for that success tomorrow. May we never forget that. Now one last thing. Somebody's going to listen to this, and it might be you, so I want you to pay attention. I want to always encourage those that have never given their life to Jesus Christ to do so. There's nothing greater that you can do in your life. There is nothing that will make a difference in your life more than giving your life to Christ. And that encouragement, that those of us that are Christians 
We would all say amen to that because it's so true and we, we don't want you to miss out. And we want to encourage you. We're not trying to browbeat you. We're not trying to scare you to death. All we're trying to do is saying God's love for you is real. And we want to encourage you to accept his gift through his son, Jesus the Christ. That yes, you have sinned, but those sins can be removed. And you can have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And you can be a child of God. Who's your daddy? Don't you want to be a child of God? Don't you want to be known as a child of God? I believe that you do. Then don't hesitate. Don't wait. Give your life to Christ. It's real easy. God, I'm a sinner and you're a Savior. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of them. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. And yes, experience the new birth. Give me a call. You got a bathtub. Remember the story I told you about a bathtub. You got a bathtub. I'll be over. Call me. Get your, get your father or your mother to do it. Get your child to help you with it if that takes place. Whatever it is, let's get it done. And call me up and just say, man, I want to encourage you with something, about something. And I'm going to say what? And you're going to say, man, I gave my life to Christ. And I'll say, yes. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. For God so loved the world that he gave his son so that you could have eternal life. Take him up on that offer today is my encouragement. One last verse for the rest of us. And this is it. First John chapter 3. Watch this. See what kind of love the Father has given us or lavished upon us, one translation says, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Who's your daddy? I'm a child of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be called your children. I'm a child of yours. I'm your child. And that encourages me. And I just pray, Father, that this message has been an encouragement to, to many people. I just pray you reach down in your spirit, Father, and touch their lives today. Encourage them like you've encouraged me throughout my life. Thank you for that so much. Thank you for my church family that I love and have been honored. and Just a great privilege to be called the, the minister, their minister, their preacher, their friend. Wow, what a blessing you've been. What a blessing they've been. Thank you, Father. Help us to have a great week, Father, and help us to encourage one another as you've called us to do. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, my friend. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.